On this week's episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with David Qualls. I am absolutely honored to have him take time to visit with us. We get to go down memory lane talking about some old contests and even his new contest he's going to be putting on right here in Oklahoma. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have a friend, um, a local Okie. He is a KCBS board director. He is a past OK, which is Oklahoma Barbecue Society board member. He is a cook team. He is a judge. He is an organizer. He is probably one of the most well-rounded cooks out on the circuit today. Everyone, I want to introduce you to David Qualls. Hi, Dave. How are you? We're great. I like your first name, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to remember. And, and, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Dave. We always start out with, um, tell everybody where you're at right now. Where are you I sitting? live and I am in Tecumseh, Oklahoma. I'm actually sitting in my office at the Fire Lake Arena in Shawnee, Oklahoma. But, uh, it's a smoking good thing, as That's they called it. it, in Tecumseh. Yeah. What was her name, Dave? I don't remember. Linda, Linda Prater. Prater, that's she, it. That's she, she's it. Really civically involved. She's still on the city council and stuff. And she decided that like she went to a barbecue contest somewhere, and it and it excited her, and and she wanted to do one of these events in Tecumseh, and that's and she called some of us people that worked in the community and stuff, and that's kind of how I got involved, and that was my first ever competition. That was like two thousand and nine. Wow. Dang, that seems like so long ago, doesn't it? It didn't it? Yes, it seems like more than 11 years for sure. <laughs> well, tell everyone a little history of David Qualls. Well, I've been in Tecumseh all my life. Born in Shawnee and raised in Tecumseh. I've worked all over the nation, you know, in the gaming industry and the entertainment industry, but I've always kept Tecumseh as my home. When I was 24 years old, I was the mayor of the town and uh, have been on the uh, school board and uh, got a little old, uh, what do they call them, ECBs, little cheap Brinkman smokers for a uh, wedding gift when Chris and I got married in 1988. And that's when my smoking passion started. And I remember watching and reading when it came about the old barbecue forum, just, you know, when, when the internet factions came in in the uh, early 90s and stuff, and saw this, uh, read that forum, and there was a guy named, and I've never met the man to this day, Mike Scrutchfield had a brisket category, winning brisket recipe or something. And I followed that recipe and just overcooked the hell out of a brisket, you know, for what a competition <laughs> would be. But, man, that was the best tasting thing I'd ever cooked in my life, and I was hooked from there on. So a Brinkman, you know, I bet there is a ton of folks that started out on something exactly like that or very mm -hmm. similar. Yeah, a little water pan over a charcoal pan. I never knew anything about wood chunks or nothing. You, you know, you put some little wood shavings when you could find them in there and do it over that water pan and go to town. Yeah. Well, your team name is the American Dream. The Tell American us the history Dream. of the American Dream. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I had uh, met and known Dusty Rhodes, the uh, professional wrestler, and we had been friends and stuff. And thinking of a team name, I was trying to think of something, you know, kind of gimmicky, if you will. And uh, I come up with that name, the American Dream. 
And I told him, you know, I was going to do this whole barbecue thing because me and him is always talking about cooking barbecue at home and stuff. And I said, I'm going to call my team the American Dream Barbecue Team. You cool with that? And he says, yeah. He says, be sure you put my picture on it. You know, that's <laughs> and if you knew Dusty, that's just the way he was. And so I got a character artist, actually, um, uh, Patrick Carlson, actually out of Georgia. And uh, he, he printed the Dusty character, and that's how the logo came to be after about our first year. Our first year competing, we just had that little oval that is still in our logo. And then the next year, we got big time, if you will. <laughs> well, evolving, what, what do you start cooking on at your first contest, and what are you cooking on now? Well, you know, before we started competing, I, I Somehow I wound up at the State Fair of Oklahoma and bought one of those little small electric cook shacks like they used to show at the sale. You know, I think what they call it, maybe an 042 or something, little two racks about the size of a dorm refrigerator. I bought one of them and cooked on them. And then I went to the State Fair, I think the next year and saw a Kingfisher Country Cooker. And it was a rotisserie wood fired with a you could put a gas insert in it and i know you know what i'm talking about i think iron wheel cookers um the coglins i saw them still cooking with one today but back at the time mr yoder who owned that machine shop in kingfisher they were big into barbecue at the time and and so i bought that and that's what i was cooking with and we just you know cooked around the house you know king of the cul-de-sac thing and then linda did this contest and we cooked on that then i uh i saw this guy that was a really good barbecue cook out of wellston was cooking <laughs> on these pellet grills these pellet smokers that were stainless steel looked really cool and looked at you he made it look really really easy and so i was hooked and, and i bought an fe 100 and we started out you know uh and cooked i guess in 2010 through 2013 with an fec or one or two at least then I kind of transitioned into a, um, a an, an offset pit, and I had an R&O for about a half a year and then found a used Jambo in about 2013, I guess it was, and uh, or 20, yeah, 2013, and I've cooked on a Jambo and a drum ever since. You use a drum for chicken, and I've played around with backwoods and that kind of stuff too, but my main, my all of our main plays have been on either an FEC or a Jambo. Is that the same one you're cooking on right now? No, actually, the original one was one I bought from Tom and Jennifer Duncan, and it was pink, of all things. Of course, we had it painted Oh, that down must there. have been hers then. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Jennifer's, and it, had, it was all pink and stuff, and she sold it, and I bought it, and they painted it in Phoenix and, and uh, brought it, and we got it, picked it up in Flagstaff on our way to a contest in Laughlin in, in that year. And I cooked on it until like 2015, I guess, or 2016. And I bought a, a new Jambo from Jamie. Jamie was at Sand Springs. Jamie Gear, who owns Jambo Pits, was at a contest in Sand Springs. And we were talking back and forth. And he had just built a 30-inch barrel, diameter barrel one. I said, well, I, I need a new smoker anyway. So I bought one. Chris didn't know about it until we went to go get it. <laughs> but uh, 
so I've got those two Jambos, and then I've got a couple of Jambos that, you know, go on porch models for trailer. And okay. that original one, I called it the Dream Maker. <laughs> And uh, that, and then the one that we're on now, I call it the Midnight Rider. You know, which Dusty Rhodes, if you're an old wrestling fan, you know, if he was loser leave town or something, he'd always enter the territory as a masked man named the Midnight Rider. And so, uh, but they're both patriotic themed, you know, stars and stripes and stuff. I remember a few years back, you had some bad luck at a truck stop, and. It seems like it was a drum that got stolen off the back of your rig. Isn't yeah, that right? Yeah, we were. Yeah, coming back from uh, somewhere because we came through Midland, Texas, and stuff. We'd been down somewhere south, stopped in Wichita Falls, Texas, at a truck stop, filled up, left the truck parked. I mean, the motor on parked in the bay. Walked into the Wendy's and ordered a hamburger to go. Came back, got in the car, and I knew the. The, the pit was the drum was on the back of my jambo because this jambo that i had jamie made this last time it's a j5 for those of you know but i had him leave the chicken cooker off of it so i could just put a drum right there i always stop and check my equipment you know when we go to the gas station and fill up so you know i do a little walk around we go on up and buy a, a hamburger at the wendy's and get in the motor home and leave and i get to tecumseh Later on, I pull around, you know, get ready to unhook the jambo, and I look back at it, and I go, there's no drum on here. <laughs> Somebody had took it, and it didn't fall off, you know, on the way down because the straps were just laid there perfect and everything, beat all i ever seen. Wow. And that, no one ever found that for you, did they? No, I'm quite no. sure that thing's still making chicken somewhere for somebody outside of Wichita Falls. They got them a good <laughs> gateway drum with the Compart <laughs> logo on it. <laughs> Yeah, it never made the internet for sale or everybody would have seen it. Haven't seen it yet. Wow. I knew there was something and I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And speaking of, we you'd mentioned Chris. How is Chris feeling now? I know she Chris, had some surgeries. She had her knee replaced. And, you know, those that know have seen her in the last couple of seasons. And definitely this season, she can just barely walk, walking on a cane. And uh, so we finally got her talked into uh, going to an orthopedic surgeon and uh, she had her knee replaced last Tuesday and uh, it's been a week ago now it's been a week so she had it done on the 11th and she's doing really good her rehab's going good she's feeling good she's not on a lot of pain and uh, I can just see from her walking in the walker that her gait is 10 times better than it was you know just two weeks before well, that's good to hear. Tell her we said um, better do what those doctors say and quit pinching all the uh, cute doctors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, like I told her, I said, you need to hurry up and heal. The dishes are piling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't go over too well either. <laughs> I'll bet not. <laughs> well, you've had... Uh, other companies you've done promotions you've done uh sound system companies and you have actually ran one of the largest contests in the state of oklahoma i know it was a double header what's up for you next what do you got going in your what, what feathers are you fixing to put in your hat well you know i mean um the royal canceled and and, and we kind of anticipated that was going to happen and i got to thinking you know we've We've just, you know, this pandemic this year has just kicked us all in the teeth, and we're sitting at home wanting to cook and just chomping at the bit, and the Royal was going to happen, and we're going to all go to the Royal, and, and they canceled. And so I thought, well, 
at out here at Fire Lake and Jason Boyce, who has done the Fire Lake cook-off for about nine years now, we've got a great facility at this RV park. And the fact is that I manage this arena. The opportunity came up, well, the Royal's out. Let's see if we could do it here. So I reached out to our medical staff at, at Citizen Pottawatomie Nation, who owns the arena and the Fire Lake grocery stores, and gave them a plan and, and showed them what KCBS had in in place for COVID policies and had showed them that we had uh, done contests worldwide under these policies. We had just finished one in Austria that week and had been dealing with them and said, you know, you can go to Facebook and look at some of this stuff and see we're being compliant. And so the chief medical officer of the tribe came back and said, you know, listen, the way the RV parks out and with KCBS's guidelines to protect, you know, the judges in the rooms, we th- we think you can do it. So I called KCBS since we had lifted the 30-day sanctioning requirement or 90-day sanctioning requirement without a board meeting approval and asked if I could do a double and the sanctioning committee had a phone call and Myron Berry is on that committee as the committee chairman has done a whole lot of work through this making sure that the KCBS can be good stewards to their customers and teams through the sanctioning so anyway they allowed it we had it and I obviously if it's a promotion we got to make it sound cool so I uh, came up with the Oklahoma Grand Barbecue Championships and it's going to be a two-day double the same weekend as the Royal here in Shawnee at the Fire Lake RV Park and that's like I think what September 18th 19th and 20th we all know that if David's going to put his name on it, it's going to be right or it's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. That's I've, a fact. Been, yes, as being a cook and an organizer primarily and an event promoter, you know, you just don't want to buy a bunch of hype off of a flyer and then get there to the location and go, oh, no. You know, well, they said we'd have power. Well, we don't have power, you know, things like that. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if we couldn't do it first class as far as we can because number one is is that's what you should expect from an organizer number two is is i've got to cook next to you guys you know for the rest of the season and years past not in before and years going on i don't want you saying well he hustled us into a contest it was a bad event so i i think you know the first thing that you can do it's kind of like being in rotary club I don't know if you know, the Rotary has a thing called the four-way test of, of part of the components of being in the Rotary. And I think it's, uh, is it the truth? Is it fair for everybody? You know, does it build friendships? And I think it, will it be beneficial for everybody? So I kind of, I use those four tenets when putting a, a, an, a, an event on. Is it going to be good for everybody and is it fair? You know, and, and, and is it beneficial? And so taking that that's how i put the the oklahoma grand together it's going to be two days fifteen thousand dollars a day full rv hookups you know i'm going i'm not going to flood entries with teams that i don't have judges to fill because you deserve to be adequately judged and appropriately judged and and because of covid we've had problems where organizers normally have a 30 team contest that's grown to 50 they normally have barely enough judges for their 30 team and because of the pandemic they really only got enough judges for 20 and you get to the contest and it's like oh man you know that component i couldn't control you know as a team and i just you know i wasted my time coming here and so i'm i'm very conscious right now 
I've got 45 teams entered, and I have enough judges confirmed right now to take 60 teams. And if I don't, you know, if I get up 60 teams and I don't have 60 judges, enough judges for 60, and I'm saying CBJs, uh, certified judges, then I'll I'll put a wait list on for teams because the guys who's invested your money, I want to make sure you get the best contest more than just stacking the field full of people. Then I know it's a double. You and I both cook doubles, and doubles are stressing on your time. I'm going to make sure that we've got something to eat both mornings for breakfast. I want to have dinner and awards like I did at Smoking at the Run on Saturday night. Have awards and dinner about 6 o'clock because nobody's leaving you know, on Saturday. So that gives you time to get cleaned up, prepped up for the next day, get a little rest. We'll all come over to Fire Lake Arena where the floor is set up. The concert arena floor just be set up like a big banquet room. And uh, I'll have a potato and salad station and a pasta station and a pizza station. And uh, we can just all eat dinner and then have our awards ceremony and stuff for day one. Then, you know, go on back and start for day two. And those are things that make the weekend less stressful in my eyes as an organizer, but especially in my eyes as a, as a team. And those, and those are some of the things. Absolutely. And to digress just a second, I think what you did a few years back at the Buffalo Run contest where you ran the doubles up there, that is, you put your name on the line there, and now you're putting your name on the line here. But the difference is, is you walked away with that up there being absolutely great contest, 100 teams left, talking nothing but good. Okay, the weather's the weather, but talking nothing but good. Your judges talk nothing but good. That's why instantly you're going to have 60 judges here to where a local contest can't even cover 30, 35. They know that if your name's on it, it's good. They know that you're going to follow protocol to the T. So, folks, if you're looking at a contest to go cook or to judge, I promise you, this one's going to be good. Thank you, Dave. You know, in our ability with the resources out here, we're able to kind of turn on a dime, and we've got a lot of resources that a normal, just an organization cutting out a spot in the middle of town doesn't have. So it makes it easy, but you're right. And I... uh, I wrote a pretty big check that it, with the first Buffalo Run contest being new to the circuit. You know, I've got to uh, credit guys like you and Donnie Teal and uh, Darren Worth and Scott Key who went in there and vouched for me that, hey, this guy can put on a contest. And, uh, you know, Dave, Dave says he'll do it, he'll do it. And, you know, those guys helped me with my credibility, and I'm still, you know, have not forgot that. And it's you guys that drew more teams. It's just me that delivered what I promised would be there once they entered. And um, that's been good. And and, and I've got to give a lot of credit here to Jason Boyce, who puts on the Fire Lake cook-off. I called Jason and said, listen, help me do this. And he said, sure. And he has a contest a month later, same location, because Fire Lake had to be moved from March to October. And Jason's got a hell of a reputation of taking care of teams and doing it right. And so we can't just, you know, diminish that expectations already gone there so i'm i'm really happy that uh it's all going good and um, there's no way i want to do it halfway and i've always been one of them deals that my grandpa always said you know if, if you shake a man's hand and tell him you're going to do something you do it 
And if you can't do it, the first thing you do is you call the man and say, listen, I'm having problems getting this done. Don't just let him show up and go, hey, where's, where's my obligation? You know, so uh, things have been a whole lot easier in all of my businesses by operating that way. Yeah, I I can absolutely see you doing that, Dave. Are you going to run a combined points contest, maybe for nothing more than a, a door prize? It doesn't have to be cash. You know, I've, I'm going to track it, and it's funny you say that. I'm glad you did say that because I've been thinking about that. I don't. I didn't allocate any money because I figure if you've already won the combined points, you've already won good money yeah the way i have this structured but yes i'm probably going to have an award or recognition you know a plaque or something for the overall chicken the overall ribs i did it at, at buffalo run as well and then i'll do it for the overall two-day points so it's 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 more accolades to hang on the wall and i think it it rewards not like the consistent Levi. cook it's not like Levi has any space on the walls for all those trophies <laughs> at the shop anyway, but you know, you can kick some of them off and put your new uh, Oklahoma grand stuff up there here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something that's hot and heavy right now is there's generally on a double contest. There's another ancillary contest that usually rolls in there. What do you got planned for us to have to do in our downtime? Well, if you'll see it just blipped yesterday and, and, there was the the National Turkey Federation. The Turkey Smoke Off is cooking. A, a, we've we've taken that on as an ancillary. We think we're going to do it on Friday night, and uh, it's part of the the nationwide deal with KCBS and doing the turkey deal. They were going to do one at the Royal, and it got canceled. So I reached out to the uh, KCBS office with Brian and Emily and said, "Hey, listen, I know that canceled. If their logistics." They still want to do one. I'll be glad to do it down here. And so uh, they called and said, hey, you know, do you still want to do it? Here's this contest, this location. And they said, sure, we'd be glad to. And we had a call. I actually had a call with them this morning about the logistics. And I guess we're going to get a honeysuckle white boneless skin on turkey breast that will weigh three to five pounds will be the product that the teams will cook and there it pays three prizes deep and uh it's a uh, no entry fee to it and so we're thinking about doing it on friday night and i've got my team hat on again because i really don't want judges to have to judge five categories on saturday on another heavy protein and i do not want them to do it like at 11 in the morning i don't want them eating turkey then turn around and have to eat four of the mains and I know it's a double. The last thing I want you guys doing as teams is, okay, at 2.30 now, get your turkey turned in if you want to do it. So that's why I'm thinking about Friday night. So I also am thinking about, and I'm I'm 90% confirmed, so I'm just going to tease this. So maybe by the time the podcast comes out, it'll be official. But I think I'm going to do a Friday night dessert category also, which Mm. is a free entry. And uh, so we'll have two things to do on Friday night for those that want to do it, do a dessert, do a turkey. I have enough judges coming in from out of town that we'll be able to handle that. And so that's, that's the extra gimmick, you know, if you will, with this. And it's free to get into that, both of them. So, you know, if you cook turkey, go, great, go get the free protein, throw your uh, technique to it, and take a shot at winning the prize money. 
I know it's new, and you said you just had a phone call with them, the Turkey people, that how is that turned in? Is it done in a standard KCBS box, or is it done like a dessert where it can come on a platter? How no, it, how are they going to require this? Okay, it says, and I'm looking, actually, I just pulled up the uh, PDF on it. It says, anything goes as long as the lid closes with the label on top and garnish is optional. So it's going to be in a turn-in box. You okay. know, we're not going to get like they do it at the Royal and stuff with all this glorified, you know, like a, make it look like dessert. It, and it says you can include any kind of turkey other than ground turkey. And uh, the turkey must be 90% of the entry. And what they, uh, the, the folks from the Turkey Smoke uh, wanted me to express, and it's funny you brought that up, is that that rule says 90% of the entry. But what they really mean is, is they want turkey to be the star of the show. It doesn't have to be like, okay, we're going to look and you've got, uh, you know, you've got garnish and it weighs this and that, or if you make some type of another thing that includes turkey, just make sure that it's turkey is the star of the show. They don't want you to turn in a bacon wrap with five kinds of bacon and a little turkey through the middle. Yeah, yeah. 15 bacon weaves around one little turkey tenderloin. No, you're correct. That's absolutely right. And it's a six portion deal, you know, in one entry. And I think it's pretty neat. They do want the uh, pitmasters to uh, submit the recipe if they win. You know, the winning pitmasters submit the recipe and a photo of what it was. And I think that's all in good sport, you know. Uh, it's not like we're asking for you to tell us what your brisket profile is and a copy of your brisket box. And um, so that'll be something cool. And that lets them promote because, you know, I am glad that, you know, from my, let me put my board member back hat on. I'm glad that the Turkey Federation has renewed with us this year. And in light of this pandemic, you know, we did a lot of things to keep this going on with some virtual work and, and stuff. I think, you know, this has been good. They've put a lot of money into this for the pitmasters. And Absolutely. whoever wins actually gets paid by KCBS. KCBS sends you a check. And I think the... Uh, Top know, gobbler. Something like that. <laughs> my, 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 oh, it's $500 for first place in a trophy, $200 for second place, and 100 for third. And well, that's pretty so good that's, ancillary. That's what pays it. Yeah, well, who knows? You know me. I might just up those stakes a little bit just to make it. <laughs> make Can't it imagine that. You know, it's like P.T. Barnum. You know, we got to have it bigger. We got to have it better right down here. Got to throw the lights on everything, don't you? Try. Try to. That's right. Hey, we're in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> that's right and folks i'm just going to tell you about the layout that's 30 minutes from my house and if you're looking to come with a family there is so much to do on the grounds that's it's crazy if you're going to stay in an rv if you're going to get a hotel so if you're staying on site don't worry about eats don't you don't have to pack a lot of stuff a huge, absolute, beautiful grocery store owned by the tribe is walking distance. It's right there. It's in the next parking lot. There's just so much going on. There's, yeah, plan a family vacation with it. You can. On our campus, you know, we have the big RV park across the street. We have an 18-hole championship golf course. We have a 24-lane bowling alley here. We have a casino across the street other street hardesty road which the tribe doesn't own the business but they own the facility is an indoor gun range and i believe they have one of those axe throwing lanes and stuff in there 
So I mean, oh, you know, wow. if you're a if you're a shooting enthusiast, you can go in there and and shoot some guns, and uh, or play some or bowl or play some golf. The mini putt we normally have a mini putt, but it's closed because of COVID right now. Okay. But, uh, we have a pizza uh, parlor, standalone Fire Lake Pizza. We also have an Indian taco or fry bread taco uh, location here. And then inside uh, the uh, Fire Lake Grocery, we have a little small hot box food thing. But, you know, it's just right now because of COVID, it's very limited, like roasted chicken and some stuff. And that's all. Yeah, so there's plenty to eat, plenty of that. They have great facilities. They got showers. They got everything needed. So come in a day early, go shoot your pistols across the street, go across the other street, play around the golf, forget about prepping your meat. Just just come on back over to the contest and cook your turkey. Right. Right. And every location, you know, we have 50 amp, 30 amp power, water, sewer, every spot, you know, so it's, you know, the accommodations is there and it's good power. You know, it's, you know, it's from a uh, from a team standpoint, you know that as well as cooking on FEs as we do with motorhomes. We need good, clean power and there's good power at this locations too. Absolutely. So. I'm going to back up a three quarters of a step and talk about the American dream one time. I know you and Chris are very big in local community. You do a lot with the VOAG. There was one young man that traveled with y'all a lot. Um, I would say you mentored him. Um, Don't know how to say (laughs) it other than that. Exactly. Connor. What's Connor doing now? Well, Connor, you know, has went from, geez, middle, mid high to high school to college. And he's, graduated now he's in his last year residency of pharmacy school he's actually in chicago illinois and i can't remember the name of the hospital but he reported there the first of july to do his last year and he's working in the transplant area as pharmacy and it's really interesting you we all think a pharmacist is a guy who has, you know, the local drugstore and you go get your medicine field. But now, you know, his area of pharmacy is he's right there in the emergency room or right there in the transplant area. And the doctor in, say, a, an ER doctor looks to the pharmacist and says, okay, I need, we need to do this, this, and this. And the pharmacist now will say, this is the drug to use and here's the, uh, the amount of dosage to give for this, that, and other. So they they play a very important role with the medical team now, and that's where he's at. And his interest, for some reason, sparked him has been in transplant pharmacy. So he's there with those patients monitoring and things they need to change because, you know, obviously once a person gets a, a transplant, you know, a lot of the rejection and anti-rejection stuff kicks in. So a pharmacist has to work hand-in-hand with all the uh, blood work people and the doctors to keep this patient going and, you know, have their procedure successful. And that's where he's at. And he's just the most wonderful kid, him and his twin sister, Kaylee. Uh, have both grown up with us in our neighborhood and their mom and dad, Lana and Jeff come around with us a lot, but that's where Connor is. I knew we'd see him at the contest a whole lot. He was always enjoyable and loved shaking his hand and saying hi. And I knew in the last year, year and a half, we hadn't seen him around with y'all a bunch. And I figured it was, I knew he was getting close to graduating, but I didn't know where he was at in life. Yep. Life got in the way. He went, you know, and graduated uh, at Southwestern in Weatherford, finished pharmacy school. And uh, then he did, uh, I think he was at Oklahoma City at Baptist or somewhere for his first uh, residency. And then he went 
four or five places across the nation interviewed and he wanted Chicago and they picked him. So very nice. Good. His yeah. sister's just as good. Katie graduated Southwestern Weatherford and she's uh, in legislative affairs for Oklahoma Farm Bureau. So she, and she left the, uh, Southwestern went to work for Senator Langford in Washington, D.C. for a little over a year. Come back home, got married, and went to work for Farm Bureau dealing in their uh, membership relations. And now she's up in their legislative area at state capitol. So both those kids really hit it good. Well, very nice. Well, Tonner, tell Connor we said hello. I will. I will. All right. There is something that at all your contests that – at some point during the weekend, you or Chris, I don't know who does it, always post a cool little figure, figurine, um, and something from the contest. Where'd that all start from? Do you remember? That was just Chris's gimmick of making the morning post to here we are, what we're doing. It's a good time to recognize your sponsors, give you a little local flair of what the contest looks like. We've always, we've always had the little Dusty Rhodes doll, you know, from the WWE days. And uh, that's, just, that's been a Chris thing, not so much me. But uh, it's just kind of, here's the morning, kind of like her Facebook sunset pictures. That, or flowers. Yes, or her flowers. Yes. You know, because of her knee, she hadn't done much flowers last year, too. She hadn't been able to move around a lot. But uh, hopefully she gets back into that. Yeah. Well, cool. I was curious where it all started. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's a good time to put over your sponsors that they're early in the morning. You know, it's she's just getting around and ready, and it's quiet time. You know how that is on contest morning. You're con, you know, you're concentrating on your cook, and you just got a little quiet time there. So that's a good time to make your post. And here's where we're at, and everybody say hey. Here's a question for you as far as the team goes. The barbecue cooking. Your two-person team. Yes. Do you do all four categories? Do you do one? Do you do two? Does she pretty well take the head row on one, two? Um, how how have y'all kept this separate and keep from throwing each other outside of your RV? Well, I don't – I think the door – hanging one time is probably the only way one of us didn't get thrown out of the RV. The door didn't go ahead and open, but now Chris preps the chicken and, uh, makes all the boxes and she pretty much deals with, you know, her chicken seasoning and all that. And then I actually put it on the pit and cook it. And, uh, then she, uh, then she sauces and, and finish dusts and boxes the chicken. I pretty much do everything else after that. You, know, you do and, the three, uh, and she starts out with the chicken. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that lets you concentrate on your first one, the ribs, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does, you know, because that time's so close. There's a lot of times, and you know as I am, I'm pulling brisket off right when we need to be saucing chicken, so that's easy. You know, she's dealing with that, and I'm taking brisket too late. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine anyone doing that. I think we both had that late pull off uh, and eat it. For some reason, nothing was getting done. Man, so it wasn't just me, huh? No, I don't know what it was. It was just, just the heavy heat and the humidity was slowing things down or what? Yeah, it kicked had- my butt up there. I, it seems like I was, for the first time, sweating it going, man, is my ribs going to get done? Um, mm-hmm. I had a pork butt that was cooking up until rib turn in. And, dude, that's that's so late for me. 
Mm-hmm. I understand. Same thing here. And I remember us talking about it. And, All right. and I, we weren't the only two that had that issue that day. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't get a walk on them categories either. <laughs> Maybe that Me had either. something to do with it. Me either. <laughs> well, through natural progression, teams evolve. They change. Um, they grow. You you never know what it is. Some people start rub business, sauce business, or, or just selling some of the things that have got them where they're at. Dave, have you ever thought of doing anything like that? You have got a great pedigree and a great list of wins. What, have you ever thought about getting into that side of the world, the retail world? I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest about this. You're smarter? No, I haven't won enough to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to put on a class. And, and, you know, and guys like you that have world championships and have cooked for years and produced it and, and honed your craft, and, you know, you're, you're a guy I want to take a class from. To me, I don't have – I don't feel like that I'm qualified to teach a class because I learned from you. I learned from Donnie Teal. I learned from Rod Gray. I learned from Dan Hickson. Scotty Johnson was my very first class. First guy I ever knew I was cooking on the FEC that had a class that did FECs. And I took his class. And so for me to put on a class would be a regurgitation of things that I paid you to teach me. And I haven't won a world championship. And I, I just don't feel like that I'm qualified to look a team in the eye and say, I'll take your $600 and just kind of tell you what I'm doing, which is a rehash of what someone else taught me. I haven't done that. You know, that market is uh, highly competitive even there. Right before Dusty died, we were going to do a sauce and a rub and like, this is typical Dusty Rhodes. He says, Red, sometimes he called me Red. He said, Red, just put some salt and pepper in a bottle of my picture on it and it'll sell. You know? <laughs> and, and actually, WWE had approached him about that. And, and uh, you know, you need to put something out with this team because uh, it's funny. I'll tell you a quick backstory about that. Vince McMahon called Dusty one day and says, uh, I think we got a problem here, Dream. He says, What's that? He says, Well, there's, there's uh, out there on the internet, it's been brought to me that there's some professional barbecuers out there cooking under the american dream and they're using a character of you wrestling belt and everything and dusty started laughing he says well yeah he's a good friend of mine i told him he could do that and and he has full license to that and vince says well then why are we selling those products oh and that's where it started <laughs> oh be done. and uh you know, and I've always thought, you know, that that's a great moniker, that whole American dream would make a good all-purpose rub and a sauce that would go in a Bass Pro, but it wouldn't be a competition stuff, you know, I mean, but, so that's why I hadn't got into it, that I, I don't think I'm qualified in that area. I will back up just a second and i'll tell you i do feel you're qualified and you have won enough i mean good gravy the team of the year run you made was stupid let me yeah. tell you that <laughs> tell was a long year to sit back on the sidelines and just watch mm-hmm it was uh it was quite the struggle that was deal but it was fun but then again it, it got it, it you know you, you just got into it at that point you know, I mean, once you were so in, you couldn't get out. It's like, well, I can't quit. You know, I told Chris right there towards the end, I said, let's just pull the plug on it. I said, it's not worth the chase to go to Florida, back to California, over to Arizona. And she said, and you'll sit on the couch all winter saying shoulda, woulda, coulda. 
<laughs> and so we made the run, and you know we went after it, and, and then Travis won that last one that put him nine points ahead. And if we would have won the next contest, we would have tied, and it would have he would have beat me in tiebreakers. So it, you know he put me out of my misery down there in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, that year, and I'm <laughs> glad it was over with for both of us. You ain't a kidding. I I get that feeling. But she knew you well enough to know that you would have been kicking gravel all winter long. Oh, I would have. You know, I'd have been second-guessing it, going, gosh dang, if I'd have done this, well, I should have. What if? What if? You know, it's just the competitive nature of both of us. It was crazy, you know, and I'm talking about Travis. You know, I mean, he he was dead set to win it, and I was dead set to win it, and he was the better cook. Still is the better cook. <laughs> well, Dave, is there anything you want to bring up and chat about, talk about? No, I mean, I I think it's this has been a lot of fun. You know, this this industry, this this sport, if you will, or pastime. It's been something that Chris and I have been able to do together. You know, I can't run a marathon, neither can she. You know, I'm uh, don't have the uh, uh, you know I don't have the patience to be a golfer. You know, those kind of things, the attention deficit. But this has been. This has been a lot of fun, the camaraderie, the friendships that you've gained through this thing, a lot of the territory we've been able to see. You know, I've been blessed with the ability, you know, to have, you know, employment and stuff where I could go and do these things and have the leeway to do it. And it's been fun to watch other people win and come up in the ranks. And it's been fun to meet the legends and, and be accepted by the legends. And, uh, you know, and then watch people's kids grow up as well. You know, I mean, like Scott and Rocky keep baby. I was just fixing baby. to say Rocky and you know? Scott, exactly. And, and we become we become pretty good running buds on the circuit there for a while. And just to watch Bailey grow up into the young woman she is now. And uh, it's funny because it's lasted. Things are changing, though. You know, we, we, we look in and see that the average KCBS member stays about five years. And... We need to change that, you know, because, uh, you know, this is just good fabric for America. You know, I, I, everybody talks about the moral fabric, social fabric, but barbecue is a component of that. And uh, I've got to put over the Wells family once again, you know, for something that they created that had a not only a statewide or region-wide influence, but had a worldwide influence of, of that concept and that vision of just getting together and saying, well, let's just create a barbecue club and we'll uh, start judging our own deals. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, my hat goes off to the Wells family and Carolyn and, and Gary. I never got to meet him, but I've you know been with Carolyn a lot, and that passion is still there today. And I'm glad they did it because it gave us a reason. If it weren't for Gary and Carolyn Wells, you and I wouldn't even be talking right now. You're absolutely and, right. And, and um, a lot of people really need to think about that. They have their friends in barbecue, and they would never meet if it hadn't been for a few people in Kansas City decided to start a little organization 30 years ago. Yep, that's right. I was just sitting here thinking, if if I had to have my uh, casket carried to a grave, I bet you there'd be one, maybe two of the barbecue dudes I'd ask to tote it. So, yeah, you're probably absolutely. right. Absolutely. And it's yeah. just like I say, I'm going in, but I've just met so many people. And, you know, you know, well, as I do, you get some people that 
they show up at a contest and people kind of stub them. They don't know them, but then all of a sudden now, well, they've been at four or five contests I've been in. So they must just be more than, than one shot Johnny's, if you will. And you finally just kind of pay your dues and you get in that fold. And I remember, you know, two things that really hit me that I remember the most. And I'll say this is, uh, we were in Emporia, Kansas and got in on a Thursday night and, uh, Don and Sharon Wheel, Smokers Wild, I think they won the Royal in 2009, maybe, or something. We were parked. They were parked probably 150 yards, you know, where that Emporia Fairgrounds yep. lot is. They come walking our way carrying their uh, lawn chairs. <laughs> We've told Don and Sharon this before. Chris is looking out the window of the motorhome. She goes, oh, look, that little grandma and grandpa are coming over to see us. <laughs> and we formed a friendship from there that lasted forever. Uh, same thing, probably in that same year, the year before, uh, we were in Iola, Kansas and, uh, smoking Hills, Cheryl Hill come over to us and said, Hey, we're having a potluck tonight. Why don't you come with us? And of course I'm like, Hey, I didn't bring anything. She goes, Oh, don't worry. We've got plenty, you know, and we were just one of those new teams and broke the ice, met a lot of people. And that's what barbecue is all about. What happens on Saturday really is the aftermath. And I, I feel bad that I got caught up in the competition more than the, uh, the fun of it. But now I'm coming full circle again. I'm cooking for fun and to visit. And this pandemic's kind of been a pain in the butt for that. But once we get back to where it's more fun than just who can beat who, it's going to be fun again. And I think we're working on that from a board organization level as well as I'm working on it from a personal level, the American dream. Yeah, the the get-togethers, the sausage gatherings we'd have over at Kelly's Place, mm-hmm. all of that um, – yeah, the steak dinners, the Mexican nights, there's just so many you can go on and on and talk about. And you're absolutely right. That is what it's all about. That's the family gathering. Instead of doing it in a backyard, we're doing it in a parking lot. Yep. And yep. what was my favorite contest? It's hard to say. I mean, my favorite contest for the, uh, and I've got to say this because not many people will remember this, my coolest experience of a contest was early on we were in Girard, Kansas on a fourth of July weekend. Little old WPA built fairgrounds and they and all the community came out and they had a fireworks show that night. Yep. And that was just it. to me that was just the best environments of those little county fairs. You know, the, probably the most prestigious thing I've ever been to that puts you over the top as in being recognized as an individual and in your accomplishments would have to be King of the Smoker. You know, uh, the Jack Daniels is, is the prestige granddaddy of them all. You know, that, 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 you know, to be able to make it to the Jack is a pinnacle. To be recognized for your individual accomplishments and be one of that 24 to the king of the smoker is set in there parallel to that in my book for the folks that had got the ability that got to go to the king of smoker when it was on. But those things all have a great big place in my heart, but it's those little old small town community event contests that is what founded KCBS and what founded this sport is what I really hope never totally goes away. I agree wholeheartedly. I remember sitting at that Gerard contest and uh, Mike and Don were cooking beside us. Um, Team InnoServe. Yep. Don went walking by, I think it was pork. 
he was always late getting it in, but he walked by with pork. And as he come back by, I handed him my brisket box. I says, Mike, I said, uh, Don, take this back over to Mike and tell him you didn't make the window in time. <laughs> and he walked back over there carrying that box. And Mike looked at him. He says, what? He says, dude, we didn't make the window. And I took off running. Mike grabbed that box and was ch- fixing to chunk it. Dude, I needed that box. The, the joke almost flipped back onto me. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that out too well. Oh, but it was funny at the time. It had to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. And at awards, we were sitting in front of him and we were just, you know, him hauling around, waiting for him to start. And I ended up getting a bottle of water down my back. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. David, we're at a point in this uh, conversation that if you've listened to any of them, you know what's fixing to happen. We have a whole pallet full of injectors here out in the warehouse. I'm going to inject you with a butcher barbecue truth serum and ask you a couple questions, and you have to answer honestly. Okay. If you need an answer to something, do you Google it? Do you look on Wikipedia or do you go on Facebook and ask a friend? Depends on the question, but first, probably my first spot is Google. You Google. And uh, then uh, the second spot would probably be call a friend. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right. This is a cooking podcast okay. outside of barbecue. What's your favorite food? Oh, Lord. You know, it's a... T- Probably tacos. Any particular style that you like about them? And man, I'll go to Taco Mile, get two crispy beef tacos yeah. with sour cream. You know, it didn't matter. Just a hard shell taco. Yeah, I, I actually like hard shell tacos. You know, how far have you traveled to eat your favorite taco? Ooh, on purpose? Yeah. I mean, well, they're so plentiful everywhere. I haven't really had to travel very far, but some of the best tacos I ever had in my life were in Eagle Pass, Texas at a place called Morales Tacos that looked like a snow cone stand. Literally, you drive around it and order tacos. And those weren't crispy, but they were the best carne asada tacos I've ever had. And, yes, I couldn't wait when we were building that casino in Eagle Pass in the uh, late 90s to hit town and try and get there before Morales closed at 7 o'clock so I could get tacos. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess Eagle Pass, Texas, about 700 miles. All right. That's a good little ways. All right. Do but you I watch? Did, but I did fly to Las Vegas specifically, specifically to eat the coconut macaroons at the Mirage Casino before the. Okay. Okay. Say that again. <laughs> I have specifically been jonesing for coconut macaroons that they used to sell or have on the buffet at the Mirage Casino in Las Vegas. And I have just said, all right, it's Friday night. We're going to get a ticket and go to Vegas because I want some coconut macaroons. I have done it. <laughs> You're right. That's, that's, a, that's a craving right there. That was pre-barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you watch college sports or pro sports? Both. More college. Okay. Football, basketball, baseball, football, 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 football. Okay. I love basketball and playoffs and baseball in the playoffs, but football, I don't even care who's playing. I'm just for the offense or the defense, just whoever's just out there. I'm for the play. Yeah. College teams watching them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's cool. 
Well, that's really all I got, Dave. Why don't you give a shout out to everyone where to follow you, how to find the double on the planes, and your sponsors? Any sponsors you want to yell out? Well, um, where the 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 Oklahoma Grand Barbecue Championships Facebook page is where you can find most everything, or firelakearena.com and of course uh, that's the information for there uh, we have a Facebook page American Dream Barbecue Team and uh, I'm sponsored by uh, Big Papa Smokers and we do the Cooking for Kids Charity Points Challenge to where Big Papa Smokers actually donates money to the charity of our choice and uh, you know ours is uh, the Cape Kids Saders it's an organization that uh deals with uh, kids that are in hospitals and has a book called The Medicine I Can't Take and little superhero capes because they believe every kid in the, that is in the hospital is a superhero. So we uh, we, we cook for that organization, and, and Sterling and his foundation, Sterling Ball, donates uh, money to that in our name. And uh, depending on how we do in the charity points race among the other teams is the more money they earn. And that's been a good deal. And, you know, that's all ties back to the old king of the smoker thing again, that, you know, seven, eight million dollars have been donated, you know, via barbecue through that. So that's a good gig. And my other sponsor is Royal Oak Charcoal. So Very good. I think is the best charcoal fuel out there. And I wouldn't be sponsored by it if I didn't believe in it. I'm there again, it goes back to what we said of you hanging your hat right. And you've done that your whole life. But I will say this. This fella just come out with this stuff called barbecue mud that has turned my world upside down on brisket <laughs> and steaks. That's some pretty good stuff. Now, I'm here to tell you. Yeah, we appreciate that, Dave. And where can you get that barbecue mud at now? Let me turn the tables here. <laughs> the butcherbarbecue.com. <laughs> and in or- words of, uh, 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 gee, Wildcatters, Izzy. Trust your butcher. Oh, my gosh, yes. Now, that's a young lady I'd like to shake her hand and see what she's grown into. I hadn't even thought of Izzy. They they came and spent two hours with us Friday night, Nina, and Izzy is a grown-up little girl now. She's probably in eighth or ninth grade. Golly. Jeff and and Tracy and Izzy came by. Sure did. Wow. Just all grown up and cute as a bug here. You know who I miss as much as that? And that is Henry standing outside the trailer while Jeff's backing it in. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Jeff's turned into little Henry, just the way, you know, Henry's mannerisms. And tell oh, the yeah. Story. Jeff's getting the same way. And I've just seen Henry all through him. That was great. Those of you yep. who know them will know what I'm talking about. Of course, Henry Brown of Wildcatters, 180 chicken, what, four weeks in a row one year. The only team I know in history to ever get a perfect score, and we're not talking that many times a year. We're talking four straight weeks. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Henry. Yep. Dave, it's been a pleasure to be on your show. I really appreciate you inviting me, and and it means a lot to me. Well, Mr. Qualls, we appreciate you taking the time out of the middle of your day. I want to tell everybody that you need to go look up this contest, folks. You will miss a great one if you don't make it. Thank you. Dave, thanks a lot. Have a good night. You bet. Folks, listen to what this next guy has to say, and you better do it. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.